is the Odd and Offbeats podcast. Hey, hey, oddballs. Welcome to the 29th episode of the Odd and Offbeat podcast hosted by myself, Matt Baker, LLC, and the idiosyncratic Louis Fox. That's right. That means I stay upright no matter which direction you put me. <laughs> Isn't that what the, that was gyroscopic? <laughs> gyroscopic. Gyroscopic is, means the faster something's spinning, the, the more the it stable. stays on its axis. So yeah. I stay whichever way you do it, like yeah. a spin top. All right. Uh, idio. What is that? Idiosyncratic. I don't even know what that means. It's a adjective pe- peculiar. Oh, okay. Peculiar or individual. Like you're a standout individual. I am very much a standout individual. Yeah. Because uh, I don't like sitting. I'm too much of a busybody. <laughs> uh, so welcome to our podcast where we discuss weird and unusual news stories. We had a crazy week this week here at the Odd and Off Beat Podcast Studios. Yeah, except none of it happened in the studio. No, we... Uh, <laughs> Louie and I, we met up in San Antonio for a a large convention. Yes. And we went out to the uh, museum, uh, uh, the toilet seat museum. We went to essentially a museum in the back of a guy's house in his garage where he has devoted his life work to... Decorating toilet seats. Decorating (laughs) toilet seats. It was pretty funny because we went to the address and we didn't really do as much research as we should have because when we showed up, we realized that we needed to make an appointment. So Matt calls the guy on his cell phone because my cell phone doesn't work. So my cell phone you can't hear from and Matt's cell phone screen is smashed. (laughs) So between the two of us, we can almost function as a normal human. (laughs) And so Matt calls the guy and all I hear, I can't hear what the guy's saying, just what Matt's saying. But the guy sounds like this. New York. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Essentially, we were talking to him and he sounded like a very, very old, senile person. And then all of a sudden he just starts talking about New York. I don't know. (laughs) I've been to New York. I love New York. I've been there two times. Like, what? I don't know how that even came into play. Well, so I can just hear you kind of repeating what he says. And you're like. The guy's setting up the the, the meeting. Uh, I mean, we're at a, in his yard. Matt's like, okay, don't go to the door because it'll wake up your nurse and she won't let you open it. <laughs> so now I feel like we're doing some clandestine thing. Yes, it was very odd. So we essentially we were standing in the back and where the garage is, where this museum is supposed to be. And uh, he hasn't come out at our set appointed time. Yeah. And so we call him again and he's like, oh, I'll be right outside. And then we hear this sort of, crashing yes and uh then there's this we see this hunched over 90 like he's like 93 he, he looked like uh you know coal being compressed <laughs> looked like he was literally carrying the weight of the world yeah, on his shoulders it was just like he was so hunched over and he had a walker and it literally took him more time to walk from his house to the museum than it did for us to actually tour the the museum. Yeah. I mean, it felt bad. It was like, the, as he's walking out, it's like, oh, man, we probably shouldn't yeah. make him do this. Yeah, we should have just broken in. <laughs> but uh, he opened up his museum for us, and the guy and had... It's these two giant steel doors on oh, this, yeah. like, giant thing. And so he kind of cracks it, and he yells at you, all right, I'm going to open the... Don't open it. 
Yeah, I thought that was weird. I was like trying to help him, and yeah. he was yelling at me because I was helping him in in inaccurately. Yeah, he's like, "Don't pull on it." You're like, "Well, okay, help me." All right, what am I gonna do? Just touch the door. <laughs> and then he hands you the stick that you use to like wedge the door open. Oh my god! But yeah. I put it in backwards, and he yelled at me. The guy can't see. Yet he can see that the stick's backwards from 20 feet yeah, away. Yeah, but The guy's name is Barney Smith, and this is in San Antonio, and it's called Barney Smith's Toilet Seat Museum. Yep. And uh, if you want to go, you should go soon, because Barney's, I think, about 97 years old. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he looks like he'll probably last a good while longer. He's I mean, pretty leathery, yeah. Yeah, he's... <laughs> but you go in this, and he's, he's decorated these toilet seats from all sort of walks of life they're you know? all themed they're all themed about like the challenger uh, you the know spacecraft the, yeah um like there's different a, flight missions there's a civil war one that's civil war bullets that are probably illegal to remove from he has Gettysburg. one yeah he has <laughs> one for each super bowl one for each presidency um one mostly events in his life yeah and they're all most of them were personal too yeah. which was cool yeah but then he would point at them he had a pointing stick yeah that was like three feet long and we went with our agent. At one point, he was hitting our agent with the pointing <laughs> stick because she wasn't listening to him properly. It was pretty cool. I mean, our agent was definitely like, "What? why am I with these guys? Yeah. Uh, but it was great. And he, what you do get to do is he, he, he sort of asks you questions to, and sort of figures out a toilet seat that might relate to you personally and you get to sign that toilet seat and yeah. what was ours uh ours was organ donor yeah we got to sign the organ donor <laughs> it was pretty interesting you know I, I i wasn't a fan i mean you weren't a fan of toilet seat art coming into this i wasn't a fan i didn't walk away but i i was more impressed by this person devoting their life to this particular and if any thing. here's the thing if anyone other than him was running that, it would have sucked. It would have been a little weird. I mean, he had me on a chair hanging toilets. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he had you do some, uh, you know, plumber's bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Did some, some, some maintenance. But the guy had made over, what, 1,400? Well, because you asked him, you go, about how many do you think you made? And he's like, 14,083. Yeah, he was very specific on how many he had made. And, I mean, it was, it was pretty impressive. That was his art form, man. You know, some people do paintings. Some people do collages. This guy does toilet seat art. It's yeah. very unique. It's very cool. And uh, the whole experience was awesome. So totally worth it. Barney Smith's Toilet Seat, toilet seat Museum in, in San Antonio. Go and check it out. Some people go see the Alamo. Some people go to the Riverwalk. We go and see toilet seat art. Yes. And I think our agent regrets representing us. Yeah. <laughs> and be ready to get hit with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> wear, wear hockey hockey outfit. So we spent a few days in San Antonio. And then you had an adventure. I had an adventure. I was on the show, The Late Late Show with James Corden. The, the next night. Yeah. Right after the Barney Smith Museum. Yeah, you went, did some work, and then you hopped on a plane and got out there. Yeah. Um, so if you, you can check it out. Essentially, they bring on different people who have unusual talents. They have them perform their talent in front of the studio audience, and then the audience decides if you get to have a seat at the bar. If they like you, you get to sit at the bar and you get a free drink. If they don't like you, they kick you out. All right. So you had to travel thousands of miles, thousand miles to get there. Yeah. Did you get a seat at the bar? I, I know. I, <laughs> I kick. The trick that I did is I kick a bowling ball off my foot and catch it on my forehead. And uh, I was the first person to go out. And I am happy to say that after 17 years of practice and shows and hard work, 
I got a free Heineken. Nice. Yeah, that's that's what my career has amounted to. It's like that's my reward. It's a long way for that Heineken. Uh, I probably performed for over a million people in the, in my life, and uh, that was the sweetest Heineken ever. Ah, uh, yeah. I hadn't had Heineken in a long time, and I definitely. Was it refreshing? It was funny because if you watch the segment, I'm the only person that drinks Heineken. <laughs> Everyone else that got Heineken just let it sit there. I'm the only person <laughs> chugging it down. <laughs> now, here's the million-dollar question. Did they card you before they uh, served you? That's a good They did not card me. Yeah. And because I think that one person that was on the show was not of age. Ah. Because there, there was four acts. One, there was myself. There was a guy who plays music with a number two pencil on oh. his face. Yep. Um, there was a woman that does hula hooping mm -hmm. and then a, a man who balances a variety of glasses on a mouth stick, yep. that, a stick that he's, you know, clenching in his teeth. And, uh, the woman I think is not under, 21, not 21. <laughs> You're not supposed to drink the beer. <laughs> yeah, she didn't drink the beer. So maybe, yeah, who knows? But it was a good experience. Yeah. It was nice meeting James Corden. Uh, yeah. It was just a good trip, man. After the show, we got to go to another friend's show who does a month or a weekly show in LA called Scott Neary's Booby Trap. And if you have never, if you go to LA, you have to go see the show. Yeah. It's uh, every Wednesday and it is, it's a variety show. He has like 15 acts and mm -hmm. each one is four minutes to perform. And it's like stand-ups, it's musicians, it's uh, you know, contortionists, aerialists. It's a crazy show and it's amazing. And uh, got to, that was sort of like a nice celebratory yeah. thing to do after. And it was cool. I got a lot of love on the social social media. And I think it's more, I think it's exciting for a lot of yeah. all my friends and family and stuff. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was cool. You know, it is what it is. Got paid. Ah. You know, got paid scale. Nice. You know, didn't get the, you know, $100 per DM. So I actually got, <laughs> got a paycheck, which was kind of nice. And uh, yeah, it's just cool to go on, go on TV show. And that set is amazing the best tv set i've been on in my life oh wow it was uh just like the way that they, they laid out their studio audience mm -hmm. like they have like little like old school movie seats with little lamps next to it and uh, drink it was like very casual sort of la hipster feel yeah um yeah just really well done they got like records in the background <laughs> and like it's really cool setup for a tv show so they treated me really nice and it was kind of cool to go on and yeah. Did I look 10 pounds heavier on TV? You did. I was like, that dude is bloated. Yeah, good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and my bowling ball was 10 pounds yeah. heavier also. Yeah, so it was actually a 23 pound yeah, bowling was, ball. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty eventful week, man. Yeah, it was a busy week. Yeah, it was, I'm glad to be home. Back in the studio. Yeah, I think we're both home for a while. Yeah. You want to do some stories? Let's get to it. All right. Let's get to some weird news. This story comes from theweek.co.uk. That's a news source more reliable than my mailman. Is it <laughs> The only thing reliable about him is his surly attitude. <laughs> this is a daily email called The Week. That's a <laughs> what the hell? Uh, this is the really good one. I've wanted, been wanting to do this. It's been in our, in our queue of stories for a little bit. <laughs> Once you get the story, it never leaves you, It's <laughs> true. It's uh, The headline is Vaccine for Koala Chlamydia in Sight. <laughs> in, we don't have it yet. We, it's on we the can horizon. see it. We can see it. It looks like a big pimple. <laughs> so, story goes. 
Scientists are hopeful that new research will help protect koalas from one of their biggest killers. Unprotected sex. Chlamydia. (laughs) After sequencing the marsupial's genome for the first time, researchers say they are now close to developing a vaccine for the sexually transmitted disease, which can cause infertility, blindness, and death. Why are we not working on this stuff for people? Koalas are endangered. People are not. That's why they're endangered. (laughs) Unprotected koala sex. (laughs) Think of how small those condoms would be if... I mean, they they probably just can't get condoms that size. That's why they have to do it. <laughs> what kind of sex do you guys have? Marsupial style. <laughs> Marsupial style. <laughs> oh, that's so so vanilla. <laughs> so vanilla. You got to do it kangaroo style. It's in the pouch. How do they get chlamydia? Like, <laughs> they get it from people? Is it sort of like people are hooking up with koalas? Which, I mean, they, I don't know. That's maybe. Australian Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> swipe right for koalas. I would always swipe right on koalas on Tinder, for sure. They're so cute. <laughs> little big nose, little eyes. Maybe they confused a koala teddy bear with a regular koala so, and so, had sex with it. Some teenage boy just needs to grind on something. <laughs> Gross. Do you have any STDs? I've once had koala chlamydia, lemur herpes, <laughs> people AIDS. People AIDS. All right, here's a di- this is a different article. Didn't that kill Jenny from Forrest Gump? <laughs> no, that was hep C, baby. I like how you say that like I'm supposed to know hep that. Hep C, everyone knows she died of hep C. Really? Yeah. That sounds like a sports drink. <laughs> <laughs> you tired from running up and down the basketball court? Hep C. <laughs> now in eucalyptus flavor. <laughs> All right, so that was a short paragraph, so I jumped to a different uh, article. It goes like this. A single jab vaccine could halt the chlamydia epidemic, wiping out Australia's koalas. I'm glad it's a single jab, not a regimen. Like, you have to come back every two weeks, koala, and get this. uh... It may even pave the way for a human chlamydia vaccine. Yes. There you go. Because it's the gateway STD. In trials, the new vaccine has been shown to slow the rate of new infections and treat early stage disease. A third of Australia's koalas have been lost over the last two decades, largely due to the spread of chlamydia. What? That's, That's crazy. bananas, dude. I thought it was like, you Climate know. Climate change. <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's just deforesting. Uh, no, chlamydia. They just get around. <laughs> wow. Which this now affects between 50 and 100% of wild populations. The sexually transmitted disease causes painful urinary tract inflammation, infertility, and blindness. To fix the first symptom, the uh, UTIs, just give them some cran. Yeah. They need some ocean spray over there. A little cranberry. (laughs) Chlamydia in koalas is caused by chlamydia pecorum. That That is not the hardest sentence to say. I know. Chlamydia in koalas is caused by chlamydia. (laughs) Yeah, what? That's so weird. It's a bacterium that may have spread spread from livestock introduced from Europe. So not it's not humans having sex it's with It's an invasive STD. Well, it's livestock having sex with koalas. <laughs> it's a cow <laughs> doing a koala? What? Uh, from livestock introduced from Europe, a similar bacterium, Chlamydia trachomatis, causes chlamydia in humans. Okay. So. Antibiotics can be used to treat chlamydia in koalas, but they can only work in early stage disease, do not prevent reinfection, and they must be administered daily for at least 30 days in captivity. It's a lot of work to give a koala chlamydia. <laughs> First, you got to import livestock. <laughs> it's got to have sex with a koala. <laughs> you have to give it 30 30 days of injections. Uh, first, open an account on Grinder. <laughs> Essentially, when you take antibiotics, I think you're not supposed to drink for a week. Isn't oh, that alcohol? Yeah, you can't I... drink alcohol. So uh, that's probably why these they can't 
keep it under wraps is here. Is this Quals are drunks? Is they, that what you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, they drink a lot. And they go out and have unprotected sex with, with, with livestock. With livestock. Moreover, some infected koalas remain asymptomatic and are overlooked for treatment while they continue to spread the disease. So they got to go in for their annual. I know. Geez. They should just pinpoint the most promiscuous of koalas and yeah. focus on them. Look for the, the fishnets. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one Going all, smoking. It's all broing out. <laughs> hey, hey, girl, what's up? What you doing? What you doing? Whistling at the other ones? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one you want to do. To address these problems, Peter Timms at the University of the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia, and his colleagues have been developing a single injection chlamydia vaccine that provides long-lasting protection. Koalas are injected with tiny fragments of C. picorum bacteria to train their immune system to fight chlamydia. I like that. They train it yeah. to fight it. I would love to see their genes like in action training to fight chlamydia. What's your next bout? Chlamydia. What after that? Ah, herpes. They're, they're swimming through like under the barbed wire. Just like gross, like radioactive waste in your body. They're throwing used condoms at it. They're showing a, pictures of ugly girls. <laughs> they pop up. Dudes with lightning bolts <laughs> like shaved in the side of their heads. Yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> the team tested the vaccine on 21 free-ranging koalas in Queensland, Morton Bay region. Six had early-stage chlamydia, and the other 15 were chlamydia-free. After six months, none of the chlamydia-free koalas had become infected. No, that's good. But maybe how do they know they were hooking up, though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It might have been like the nerd crew. Yeah. Maybe they're the Mormons of the chlamydia. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, we're mating to be married. Lack of promise ring is how they could tell. <laughs> Even though half the koalas in their habitat were carrying the disease. In addition, all six of the individuals that started out with chlamydia had cleared the infection. So that's good news. Yeah. Herd immunity. But the vaccine was not as effective at nine months, by which time three of the 21 vaccinated koalas had become infected. Oh. This, but maybe they were just going out the, you know, yeah. maybe this, they swung in a different circle. <laughs> they, they, they ate different eucalyptus. Yeah, they went to a different tree. The rate of infection was still lower than in the control group in which five of 21 unvaccinated koalas had, control, had contacted chlamydia. One option is to broaden the coverage of the vaccine by protecting against more strains of C. picorum. They just need just like chlamydia blow darts. They're shooting at these things. Yeah, like those radio towers that just radiate the C. picorum and just like kind of rain falls down on them. Yeah, just missed them. The current formulation only guards against three out of ten known strains. There's ten strains of chlamydia. For koalas. That's crazy. Another possibility is to vaccinate more widely. If you vaccinated the majority of a koala population, it wouldn't matter so much if the individual protection wasn't 100% because there would be herd immunity, Tim yeah. says. And wouldn't the aren't, babies... they, aren't they worried about autism with these koalas? <laughs> know, it's just, it's just, <laughs> we don't have chlamydia anymore, but they can't listen to loud music at all. <laughs> Those big ears. They have like, you know, meltdowns every (laughs) every day. His team is about to trial this latter strategy in a group of around 50 wild koalas in the suburb of Petri in Queensland. Roads and houses border their habitat, meaning they are separated from other koalas. All 50 koalas will be vaccinated to determine whether the resulting herd immunity reduces the overall disease burden of the population. That's a fun fact that koalas will not cross a road. Yeah. Well, and they are endangered, so I guess if they do go extinct, we get rid of koala chlamydia? Yeah, so it's a two-for-one. I could just see these like right-wing people being like, we got to get rid of all these koalas. And you're like, but the one way to 
eradicate koala chlamydia, kill all the koalas. <laughs> You'll never be able to get rid of chlamydia completely. I know. We just can't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it, new scientist. There, there's, so there's a joke around my house. When we give uh, Ella, my daughter, the uh, sex talk, there's a scene in the movie Mean Girls where the coach is talking to the kids about sex. Uh-huh. He goes, do not have sex or you have chlamydia and you will die. <laughs> That's, that's wow. joke sex talks at my house. Nice. Uh, do you, you still have joke sex talks at your house? Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, so <laughs> the reason I have to leave early today is my daughter's having her boyfriend over to kick it. Oh, and you're going to give him a sex talk? No, I'm just going to be around. Be around. So that they don't have sex with koalas? Yes. <laughs> I'm there to keep koalas away. <laughs> you're protecting the herd. So she she's like, hey. Can my boyfriend come over tomorrow after school? And we're like, sure. And I go, in case I'm not home, remember, I'm always watching. Mm-hmm. And then my wife goes, yeah, we have cameras. And then my daughter Ella goes, she goes, I suspected you guys did. And we're like, what? <laughs> so then there's this big debate as to whether we tell her that we actually, there's, there's no camera. What, is, what does her and her boyfriend do? Do you, do you allow them in their room by themselves? Door open. Door open. Yep. Door open with the with the surveillance camera. With the surveillance cameras pointed at his pants at all times. Yeah. It's, we put a, a, a RFID tag on his crotch and it just follows that. You put like red paint on his hands when like, he gets there. Like that UV paint. So he doesn't like, hey, high five. And I got the paint on my hands. Yeah. You get to see everything he touched later. <laughs> I just have to wand the room with a black light. Nope, no koalas have been in here. So uh, chlamydia can't be eradicated, same as you can never get rid of the flu. But we think the vaccine could at least turn koala populations around so they're going up instead of down, says Tim's. The team plans to apply for government approval for the vaccine within the next 12 months. Ken Beagley at the Queensland University of Technology, who co-developed the koala chlamydia vaccine, is now using the same principles to develop a human version containing fragments of C. trachomatitis bacteria instead of C. picorum. So that's good. So that maybe this could lead to a cure of chlamydia. Yes, in koalas and eventually livestock and then humans. Yeah, got to go up the up the, the chain. Up the pyramid, yeah. yeah. Using a mouse form of the human vaccine, his team has shown that it slows the spread of chlamydia when both male and female mice are vaccinated. They hope to conduct a clinical trial of the human vaccine in the next five years. Man, five years. There's that all means, this weird interspecies uh, yeah. sex going on. That's some crazy, like livestock. Then we got mice involved. We got koalas. Humans giving mice chlamydia. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. It's a once slippery you slope. Let gay marriage in. Well, there's that Dave Chappelle joke where he's like, you know, they think that AIDS came from humans having sex with monkeys, mm-hmm. and Dave Chappelle says, "There's nobody's." having sex with monkeys and humans at the same time. He's like, you either are having sex with humans or you're having sex with monkeys. There's no crossing over. Once you're having sex with monkeys, you're out of the human pussy game. (laughs) Solid reasoning. Once you go koala, you never go back. All koala, all the time. Oh, the more koala. That was when I was a kid. My favorite animal is koala. Was it really? Yeah. You don't don't hear about koalas that often, man. Yeah, no, because they're too busy having pus come out of their junk well in a in a separate article when we were doing research on this um it says that koalas that are infected with the chlamydia virus is called a dirty tail (laughs) right so that's pretty funny right like uh, don't go near her she's got a dirty tail 
Yeah, stay away from that, dude. <laughs> stay away from that frat house. And it doesn't, and it can be transmitted through through urine. So, uh, which would be an awkward conversation if you had it. You're like, I'm a virgin, but I have chlamydia. No, no, no. I didn't have sex with a koala. He just peed on me. <laughs> can you imagine? I would freak if I now. Now I'm gonna go to Australia. Koala's gonna pee on me. I'm gonna freak out. You're gonna, you are gonna freak out. Because then I'll have to go home and tell my wife, like, no, really. So this koala peed on. Look it up. <laughs> All right, I like this. It's a good time. And now, it's time for Strange Stories from the Time Capsule with Dr. Henry. The mayor of the Alaska town, Talkeetina, is called Stubbs and has been mayor of the town since July 1997. Stubbs is a cat. Story Part Two. This story comes from Kentucky.com. Wow, that's a news source more reliable than trying to feel safe at a juggalo event. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that means. <laughs> the insane clown posse guys. They have events outside of the actual concerts. Yeah, it's the gathering of the juggalos. <laughs> Have you seen videos of these? It's crazy. Oh, I don't man. want to see videos. No, you don't, but you do. Why are they called juggalos? Are they do they juggle? They might well, they're clowns. So why would they be called clowns? Clownalos? <laughs> I don't know what what juggalos. I don't really know much about the insane clown. Cre- creepios? Creepy is my favorite cereal. Bad touchios. <laughs> it's a religious cereal. My dad didn't look at me enough O's. That's what it should be called. All right, so uh, Kentucky.com. I'm glad they represent all things Kentucky. I seriously hope in my heart that someone bought Kentucky.com before, like, Kentucky wanted it. Yeah, right. Before they had the internet in Kentucky. They're like, I'll trade it to you for a cup of moonshine. A cup, cup of moonshine. <laughs> a date with my sister. For some dentures. <laughs> All right, so this is kind of an interesting story, and when we were researching this, we found out that this was a common issue that comes up. But yeah, happens all the time. Uh, but we're just going to focus on this specific story, and the article reads, 50 years overdue, Georgia man returns Lexington Public Library book. Well, that's good. That's good that they returned it, at least. Yeah, I wonder he came all the way back to Kentucky to return the book yeah, in Lexington. Yeah. Quite the trip. So it starts out. The United States of World War One was checked out from the Lexington Public Library in 1968. I think at some point he's like, it's like his time capsule. He's like, 50 years. We've got to make it 50 years. Yeah, right. You dug it up. He's like, ah, oh, I got to drive cross state. <laughs> it was, it was the end. I promised myself I'd return this. Yeah, or maybe maybe he had it. He, he took it. And then like he joined AA and has to wrong all of his rights. Yeah, right. Right, wait, wait, right all of his wrongs. Wrong all his rights. I like that. I think that's that, what happens at the I gathering think that's of the juggalos. Thir- I think that's step 13. <laughs> to, to, to reshift the craziness. <laughs> on Tuesday, 50 years later, the book was returned to the library's Tate's Creek branch on Walden Drive via the United States Postal Service. Oh, so he did, he sent it. Okay. All right. So there's a quote that says, 50 years past due. Checked out 1968. Sorry. 
Dale H. That's because 50 years ago, they didn't have the E-D to make it past. I know. They sp- he spelled it 50 years, and he wrote past P-A-S-S. <laughs> yeah, what the, what's going on, Dale H? Uh, he's, he's got a fast-paced lifestyle. <laughs> no time for the yeah. E-D. <laughs> and he said he mailed it, so, yeah. you know. He's got a lot going on, Dale yeah, H. Yeah. So that he, he attached that to the book when it was returned. So. Now, there's something fishy about this to me. If you look at the picture, which we'll post on the uh, website, it says 50 years past due in like block letters uh-huh. in like fancy it looks like my like my grandma's handwriting and then it says checked out in 1968 Dale H in cursive and like a shaky handwriting yeah that's true it looks like someone else added that yeah or maybe he added it after it's definitely two different people writing that. maybe that's his signature maybe he just signs that you know some people like sincerely <laughs> Matthew Baker he always writes checked out 1968 <laughs> Dale H just in general maybe he checked out <laughs> Maybe he checked out a life in 1968. He's like, I'm off the grid, man. Took me some acid. We're off the grid. What do you think? I got this. The United States in World War One. took me that long to read it. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably all super incorrect now, too. Like, I guess it was World War Two. They'd be like, oh, no, the Japanese wanted to go into the internment camps. Yeah, right. <laughs> they were lining up on their own free it's will. It's all whitewashed. Yeah, oh, yeah. Super whitewashed. The book was returned, apparently, in good condition and was posted uh, with Apparently? The... Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. We didn't give it a once over. <laughs> it was posted with a return address from a leafy Cape Cod home in Marietta, Georgia. Tate's Creek branch manager Elliot Applebaum said the long-delayed return is not as uncommon as you might think. 50 years is kind of notable in the library sluggard department, though. We get packages, returns all the time, Applebaum said. People go out of town, they forget, they move. I like how they forget they go out of town. (laughs) They go to town, they forget. While the identity of the procrastinating patron was initially a mystery, a little online searching found him. How is that? They have his first name, his last name, and a return address. Yeah, right? How how is that a mystery? We should look him up. All right, hang on. Dale Hutchins of Marietta responded to questions from the Herald Leader on Facebook Messenger and said that he hoped to get good karma for this act. What? (laughs) Good karma. You held on over 50 years. Years, dude that's a lot of bad karma you're you're fighting against i murdered somebody but i did 50 years of time i deserve some good karma i murdered someone but i returned this library book <laughs> after 50 years that book spent 35 years in texas storage then 15 years in georgia storage oh man hang on hang on i just looked up dale hutchins first picture he's part of the beaver valley commandery which a Here's just the imagery on this thing looks very uh, kkk Oh, wow. But a little digging in, he is a member of the Grand Commandery of the Knights Templar. Oh, wow. Yeah. With, what's the Knights Templar? Those are the guys that, like, protected the uh, Ark of the Covenant. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, so supposedly the Knights of the Templar are the people who made the Oak Island Money Pit. That's where, the, like, the treasure is supposed to be buried uh, up in, like, Nova Scotia. Have they found any treasure there? Nope. I think they found, like, a coin here or there. <laughs> But nothing. But like they've been doing this for like a hundred years digging there. Knights of the Templar. <laughs> yes. Dale uh, Hutchins. It's crazy. I wonder what is going on with this book, The United States in World War One. There's mysteries inside of this book that will unlock the treasures of the Knights of the Templar. I know, and I'm still trying to figure out why it was so hard to find this guy, because his address is listed on the uh, Knights Templar <laughs> webpage. <laughs> 
We found him in like nine seconds. We got to read between the lines in the United States in World War One. Maybe we'll know where Jesus is right yeah, now. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, by the way, we uh, fought the Kaiser and took the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Jones. So this book uh, spent 35 years in Texas storage, then 15 years in Georgia storage. So it's made the rounds. Maybe we should follow the cookie crumbs. Follow the money. <laughs> follow the trail. <laughs> follow the book trail. <laughs> We can find the Ark of the Covenant. And we'll get to that really old knight that's <laughs> drinking the, guarding the, uh, the chalice. The chalice. <laughs> it's not what it's called. It's a goblin, yeah, isn't but, it? Um, holy Grail. The Holy Grail. That's the Holy Grail. But the Holy Grail is this vague sort of thing. No one knows what it is. It's the cup. No, it's, it? Well, in Indiana Jones it is. All right. So the Holy Grail is a vessel that serves an important motif in Arthurian literature. So it's a vessel. So it could be uh, Mary Magdalene could be you yeah you know some people have come around and took pictures and wondered if i was the descendant of jesus <laughs> if you were the <laughs> they look at you and they go wait 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 can you grow long hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i had dreadlocks and a beard <laughs> oh and they're masons too what? This guy's deep. All right, hold on. Let's finish this article before we go on. Hutchins said he attended Tate's Creek Elementary, where all the big Knights of the Templar patrons oh, come from. That's a fact. And lands down elementary schools in the 60s before his family moved to Texas in 1970. So what could a 50-year library fine cost Hutchins? Library fines are 15 cents a day per volume. By my math, that adds up to $93 million. And there's a cap, actually. It's $6.75. <laughs> So no matter how long you have it, it's only going to cost you $6.75, which blows my mind. It's like, why would you buy a new book ever in the history? Yeah, if they can only cap it at $6.75. Why wouldn't you just go to the library and just take whatever book you want and then pay $6.75 per book? So when I was a kid, there was a, a magic book that was long out of print that was selling on the secondary market for like $100 and $150. Uh-huh. And my library had two copies of it. <laughs> But I learned, because I lost some other book, that they can only charge you what they paid for the book, uh-huh. not what it would cost to replace it. So you stole both I, of them? I No. <laughs> I borrowed them, lost them, and had to pay the three, you know, the $7. You lost them? Uh, or did you put them in your time capsule? <laughs> I lost them to the highest bidder on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> what was your profit margin on that? <laughs> like $93. That's great, dude. For like a 17-year-old. And then it's only a 75 citation for forgery of, uh, for <laughs> of selling, li- the, selling the goods document. of a library book. <laughs> <clears throat> What's you in for? Forging library <laughs> slips. Hawking library books on eBay, man. <laughs> Oh, so after the six seventy five, after that, the user account will be charged the publisher price for the book. That's what you said. Fines can sometimes be read off if the patron reads while in the library. What? That's weird. They're like, you you have to put in fifteen hours of reading. It's the world's. I like. No, I'll take the road work. But the library says they have no plans to find Hutchins. We welcome returns at any point. Applebaum said it's a bit unusual for something that old to be returned to us. I think, though, Homeboy is like a Knights Templar. At least slip a fiver in with that, you know. Yeah, right? They like, put a Starbucks card in. Well, I mean, Knights of the Templar, give me like an old, yeah. like, you know, Roman coin. Give or, me uh, Jesus's tooth. Yeah. Copies of the out-of-print book by Don Lawson are available on Amazon from 95 cents to twenty nine ninety five, all from third-party sellers. Are we sure this is even the actual book then? This particular copy may have a special place in the Tate's Creek branch. My office most likely, Applebaum said, where patrons can come take 
take a look at one of the most overdue books since TV's Jerry Seinfeld and George Costanza forgot to return the naughty Henry Miller volume and were pursued by the library police. Like, okay, who like it's gonna be in a glass case and people here's the thing though. I would go see that. I would absolutely go and see that. That's awesome. Yeah, so they have two visitors, and that's it. Just because it has a map to where to I, where Atlantis is. I'm going to be down there in, in like a month. Well, I'll be in Atlanta, but I might drive to Kentucky just to see the book. You better. Finds notwithstanding, we want people to come back to the library. We still value our customers. <laughs> it's so weird that she has to say that. So never you mind about that, Thomas Wolfe said, Dale. You can go home again. Your library still welcomes you. Oh, that's sweet. That is good. Except for that one guy that got, you told talked about who got kicked out of the library for, for peeing in the uh, Yeah, the, yeah. The chairs. I forget what episode that was, but yeah, there, they had a, You're always, a culprit of someone that would come in and just pee on their furniture. <laughs> You're always <laughs> welcome if your house broken. <laughs> All right. That's, a, that's kind of a nice story. I like that. It's got a good ending. And we learned about the Knights Templar. Yeah. We yeah. know this guy has secrets. He's got a lot of secrets. I wonder if maybe to move to the next Templar level, he had to like cleanse himself. Of all his worldly possessions? Yeah. And he gets to this book. He's like, goodwill or do I mail it back? He mailed it back. He's on a boat with Tom Cruise somewhere, I think. Yeah. And <laughs> John Travolta. <laughs> Kicking it. All right. All right, that's it for today, folks. For more information and links to all the stuff that we talked about today, check out the website, oddandoffbeat.com. We're also on all the social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and that's it. Uh, but you know, we also have a meme contest that you can check out. That's uh, pretty popular. Win some prizes for uh, leaving a funny caption. Then we're also on the Patreon, where you can s- uh, help support the show. Yeah, if you want to support the show, you can uh, you can do it a number of different ways. You can like us on other social sites. You can tell your friends about it. You can link to one of the episode, one of your favorite episodes. But uh, this is particularly set up to help us with finances. And what it is is uh, it's Patreon.com backslash Odd and Offbeat. And we, we... They just say slash now. Well... You're, you're living in 1997. <laughs> Not earlier than that. It was like 93. Well, we are recording this on 8-track, so <laughs> we're old school. Patreon.com slash... Slash odd and offbeat. And what it is is it has a different tiers programs where you can donate a dollar a month, $2 a month, up to maybe $20 a month, depending on how comfortable you feel, what you feel happy with donating to us. Yes. And we uh, reward you with various things based off the different tiered programs. Yes. So you might get uh, some bonus episodes. You might get a letter from the road for me or Matt. You get a shout out on the podcast. So those are some of the things that we do. So go and check that out. And uh, it's very personal and we send you stuff and it's pretty awesome. And you get yeah. to support the program. Exactly. At only a dollar a month or five bucks yeah. a month. Think of how much money you spend on M&M's. <laughs> my M&M budget. It's a line item <laughs> in my family budget. Yeah. Right? It's like you eat one pack, less pack of M&M's a month and it's a dollar, you know, you save a dollar fifty, send it to us. Yeah. And it helps support us. Or uh, you, you like coffee. Instead of having one cup of coffee, you could send us the cup of coffee 
and then support us on Patreon as well. Boom. Also on our website, we have a merchandise page that you can get some odd and offbeat merch and rep it out to the world. Yeah. I get comments on my odd and off. Uh, it's a t-shirt that says I am odd and offbeat and I get comments on it all the time when I rock it. Nice. Yeah. So uh, check that out. That helps support. If you want, send us your weird news stories to info and odd and offbeat.com. We want to thank you a lot of the people for who have sent stuff. Uh, it's been pretty cool to see what the weird news stories that you're coming across. Yep. Um, so where can the fine people see the Louis Fox show this week? So I'm doing mostly private corporate gigs this week. Um, you can check me out on Thursday the 6th at my dentist at 9 a.m. Exciting. And 9 a.m. on the 8th getting an oil change for my car. Holler. Nice. <laughs> Where were you going to be at? I am also, I actually have most of the week off. And then I do, I also have some, uh, private corporate events one up in bellingham and then one in northern seattle ah yeah it's good i get to i'm actually home for like two weeks in a row man it's pretty exciting well so thanks so much for listening folks we hope you guys have a weird week we are out bye thanks for listening to the odd and offbeat podcast stay weird this episode is sponsored by martinez's brazilian steakhouse not a hair on our plate since 1983